Who would have thought that a couple of idiots like us could sign an influencer contract with a major brand and look <laughs> at us rocking our free shit? Yeah, on a visual platform like a podcast. On a visual platform like a podcast. Podcast oh, for your man. ears, not for your eyes. We should probably explain that. We should just publish. We should publish this episode as a YouTube video, just <laughs> so that people can see these dope shirts that my microphone is covering up. I'm rocking the 1942 Rose Bowl Champions Oregon State Beavers shirt. JP is rocking the uh, that Heather Gray Oregon State Beavers. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a year on that one. 1950s, probably. Probably something like that. Complimented beautifully by a corduroy chocolate hat. Always. Our shirts brought to you by Homefield Apparel. Our favorite vintage premium collegiate apparel brand. And we were only too happy to partner with as they launched the Oregon State Collection this past Saturday. It is Sunday, August 7th, and we're recording the 58th episode of the Belligerent Beefs podcast on Sunday night. Just, you know, 36 hours after the launch of the Oregon State Homefield Collection. Shout out again, Homefield, uh, for for doing this and for doing it very well uh, and for rocking the shit and for including us on a little bit of it, too. We, we appreciate it. These shirts are dope. Everyone, get your ass over to Homefield and check out the Oregon State Collection. And if it's your first time visiting Homefield Apparel, Belligerent beeves at checkout will get you fifteen percent off. If they it's a code, you, not just us giving you. It's, it's a, code. a code. It's a code. Yeah, it's yeah. not us. And if if you've ordered home field before or gotten free shit from home field before, it won't work. But hey, <laughs> I mean, you could try a couple different emails. I, I I'm not saying rip off home field or anything like that. But <laughs> how many um, shirts did you get? I so I'm still I I'm still I haven't pulled the trigger on my order. So I got. The Rose Bowl one and the Orange Express one um, so far, mm-hmm. and I'm figuring out what I'm gonna get after that. Because I, like, I just like I was looking. It's it's a 14 piece collection. Homefield very generously hooked us up with with two pieces of the collection. I really like the hoodie. I love the Beaver Believer hoodie. Yeah, but I also love the the script on the oatmeal hoodie, and I kind of want both. The hoodie is obviously the two most expensive things on it though yeah i I agree i actually do like both hoodies and even the um kind of adaptation of it it's like a university like logo almost or seal i guess for the crew neck oh right the crew neck's tight the crew neck's tight too it's really tough to pick i kind of like the beaver fever vintage tee oh the basketball one yes yeah i like that one it does shout out legendary gill coliseum on there and like you, you can't go wrong if you put the name Gil Coliseum on a T-shirt, you just can't. Right, we're gonna we're gonna pick that up too. And I love the baseball one where it's like the, like the bat just sort of looks like a, a wooden slat that a beaver would be using. Like I I don't know, but it just it, it kind of like if a beaver were to be were to have made a baseball bat themselves, it kind of feels like that. And is it if this is a vintage design? I know they're kind yeah. of faux faux vintage in some ways, but mm-hmm. there is a little foreshadowing in there if you if you 
look if you look closely on that t-shirt on the on the baseball one yeah hmm. it's not it's not that big is it the three stars it's the three stars they knew uh, they, they i hope they, that wasn't they all they knew though yeah. <laughs> we're done <laughs> is that it we're never winning a championship again <laughs> oh hi benny hey what's up oh not much you're not rocking your home field yet because you didn't send in your influencer form on time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was so ready to blame that on COVID, but uh, that was not the case. I just it was pre-COVID, pre-year COVID. That's right. Wait, we should we should do a correction right now because Terry. we said Benny didn't have COVID last <laughs> yeah. week. He actually had COVID. <laughs> Here's, yeah. here's the thing. All right. So Benny stayed with me in Minneapolis last weekend. Ha- and b- before we go any further, Benny, did you have did you have a good time? It was it was so fun. I did yeah. feel a little a little tired the last day, but right. it was uh yeah, it was a great time. Great time. We thought you were just hungover and then on on Tuesday that that COVID test came back positive for you correct that's right yeah i took i tested four times since then (laughs) and it's only been negative so interpret that however you'd like to interpret it i was also tired and hung i was like well i feel like i just drank with two of my best friends who i don't see all the time for four days or three days or whatever. That's what COVID is. That's all COVID is. (laughs) It's not even the cold anymore. It's literally... Just feeling hungover after drinking with uh, your good friends for it's, four straight It's being days. 34 years old, having one social <laughs> interaction, and having to take a week off. That's what <laughs> That's exactly right. Man, I, I went from feeling kind of hungover to dreading the flight back. Like it was, oh man, I, I don't even, I, I, there's nothing to, to put into words how much I was dreading this flight. Cause I, it was like sliding down the steepest hill on, it would have been Sunday night. Cause my flight was, was going, uh, left at like 6am on Monday. It is an awful, awful flight. Yeah. So even dead sober and not right. sick. Dude, I slept for maybe three hours and woke up and felt a million times worse. Uh, and I just felt, I felt bad for the people around me. It was very obvious that I was sick and very, very close confines. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun time out there, man. Thanks. Thanks for being a great host as, as usual. You're welcome. It was a great weekend. And now that you're, you're back on the mic, you look great. Mm -hmm. Smile, (laughs) smile is shining. You you wouldn't know that you're on the brink of death. Uh, this time a week ago, you were. This time a week ago, you were in rough shape, my dude. <laughs> Yo, man, <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah, but uh, but happy happy that I made made it through. Here's the weird part about the stage of life that we're in, and I I, f- I find this very amusing and slightly endearing, but also something we should probably stop. We all know we can't throw down like we used to. (laughs) At no point last weekend, really, did you, Iskinder, and myself try to, like, push it to bar close and, like, just, like, go for it. Even I don't know. Any, we know we kind of did. Hear me out. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, say, wait a minute. Where, where we fucked up, we got home on, on the later side, and it was it was a three night weekend. I don't think we ever got home much later than one a.m. and mm. one or two nights, maybe even earlier. 
instead of being like, all right, fun night, good night, guys, we're like, well, we're in Minnesota, so we have to have another drink and watch all of D2, the Mighty Ducks, and see <laughs> Gordon Bombay against Wolf the Dennis Danson. We didn't fall asleep until the end. Of, we stayed up till 3.15 a.m. watching D2 and each having, like, two more drinks and, like, a whole thing of popcorn each, and then the next morning being like, whoa, why do we feel so bad? Well, why do we have edible. that extra popcorn? Yeah, and an edible. And uh, <laughs> I, didn't I don't know what time it was in real life. I know that I fell asleep at the end of the first quarter real of life. the finals. Of, of <laughs> <laughs> Benny wanted to stay, like wanted to see like the jersey change before the third period of the final. So of bad. That's all I wanted to see. The, the epic jersey change. So it's it's not Team USA. Oh wait, it is. It's the USA Ducks. I'm just receiving word. There's no rule against changing uniforms. <laughs> Benny fell asleep maybe 40 seconds before that happened. <laughs> I did it. I did it. It was like, oh. I'm going to stay. I want to see the jerseys unveiled because we are ducks and ducks fly together, even though we hate the fucking ducks in most <laughs> circumstances. Every circumstance. That's this right. is how you know. This is why we all talk about Oregon State sports too much to our therapists because – They'd be like, wait, I thought you guys hated the Ducks. We're like, not in D2, goddammit. Are you new here? <laughs> Are you following along with my personal narrative through this thing called life? Uh, but it was so great to see you, man. And I'm happy that you're feeling better. Thank you. Yeah, it was great to see you. And hey, here are the shirts. Your shirts that are on the way. We're 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 rocking them. They are very cool. Those are two of the three that I said were my favorites, too. Nice. Yeah. You're you're going to get zero of them. Yeah, I know. I'm going to get, I'm trying to think (laughs) of what the other one is because that's definitely the one I'm getting. Yeah. Yeah. No, you'll get two. You'll get two. Oh, nice. I also got the Orange Express one. Oh, that may have been the third one, actually. Mm. Dope. We might end up up being twinsies then. We probably all, yeah. Like triangulated around, like you probably got this one and the orange express and that one. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, the, 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 the 1942 Rose Bowl is significant because it's the only Rose Bowl that wasn't played at the Rose Bowl. Do you guys right. know why? Yeah, Pearl Harbor because of World War Two. Because of World War Two. And speaking of World War Two and falling asleep to watching things, have you guys watched World War Two in color, The Road to Victory on Netflix? No, it's become my favorite thing to like fall asleep. Really, to. it's wow. like. That typical sort of like, it, it's not PBS or whatever, but it's like that sort of style of historical documentary, but it's super well done and it's insanely interesting. And Inter- how, how many, how many episodes? Like 14. There's one for like most of the major battles and mm. it's just, it's lit and it's like, you learn so much, but then you fall asleep and forget everything. But you know, also that's like my regular days. I learned so much all day and then I fall asleep and it's gone. Yeah. It's just gone. Shout out historians is really what I wanted to say, but also because in 1942 in the Rose bowl, we had to play, uh, it wasn't even a neutral site game. It was at our opponent, which was Duke mm-hmm. university who will be that's our right. opponent in the PK 385 on Thanksgiving day, uh, at Memorial Coliseum, Jay. That's what I know. You're to. right. You're right. But it Memorial used to not Coliseum. say that. They, they must have had to decide later. It used to say that those first two games right. were at Moto. But on Thanksgiving Day, and I, so I'm going to wear this shirt that day. And if I see any Duke fans, I'm going to be like, hey, do you remember 1942? And they'll yeah. be like, 
no and i'll be like i bet your ass you didn't yeah don't people don't forget yeah (laughs) that was like wasn't that 80 years ago people don't forget (laughs) (laughs) hey coach k why don't you piss your pants again <laughs> these shirts are dope so i um i have a question about the shirts actually yeah they're, the subject. so they're comfortable uh, they're the only thing i'm wearing right now i don't have pants on oh man <laughs> well those are my two questions actually that was my question <laughs> I'm, just, when, I'm, I'm just i'm just kidding when we were out in uh or when i was out in minneapolis um we Jerry never hung out pants. with no, he didn't. No. <laughs> but it's normal there, I guess. So we uh, we we hung out with uh, our t- Terry's really good friend Joe, um, friend of the pod, I would say, and he made a comment about home field, saying how comfortable uh, their apparel was. So I was, was going to yeah. ask, does it pass the test? It does. It does. Nice. Yeah, they are very yeah, comfortable. Cool. Yeah, that, that's why I really want to get the hoodie. Mm, I know. Both, that's yeah. both, honestly, am I thinking fall hoodie? Yeah. This co- level of comfort, it's. I just want to wrap myself in it, like pour some apple cider and like fall asleep in a pile of leaves. And oh, we'll get man. Autumnal. Autumnal. Autumnal is different. Autumnal. What are either of those? We already answered this. We covered this on the pod. Oh, was this last week? No. no, last year no. we were talking you about asked the question. I was I yeah. fall asleep and forget everything. Exactly. We, talked about we, this we just covered that. Ago. No, we have like episode five or something. It's called the Babes Get Autumnal, and that starts oh. with you asking me what autumnal means. It just is <laughs> doing fall shit. So it's yep. like I just I want I want this Beaver's script oatmeal hoodie. Mm-hmm. I want to put it on. I want to make chili. Have some cider. Go throw leaves in the air, and then just like throw catch a football and dive into a pile of leaves, and like take a nap, and then wake up and watch football. Fall I think has always been my favorite season, but I've also always been a summer hoe. So letting go yeah. of summer, it's it's hard and it will remain hard. But goddamn, I love fall, and a big reason why I love fall is because of Beaver football. Yeah. Ooh, I'm so excited. Ooh, I'm excited too, and we've got guys um, dripping, dripping with confidence. That's right. This season, and it has you me all kinds it. of all kinds of excited. Um, anyway, um. Let's let's move on. Um, one thing I want to talk about before we get into sort of the uh, meat of this episode, and before even the beer segment, and this kind this kind of will this brushes against the sort of realignment talks. And I again, JP, we talked about this last week. I don't want to just do doom and gloom about realignment because it it's, it's hard to have a productive discussion on that. But the and Benny, you and I did this in the emergency episode. We talked about the need for innovation to think outside the box and for new, fresh ideas. And I think we have evidence of one of those coming uh, to bear fruit much earlier than even anticipated. Uh, This news now that the Pac-12 has struck a deal with Twitter that Pac-12 players can now get paid for sharing their highlights on Twitter, which I, I, I we I haven't dug too deeply into this, but in theory there is a rate uh, that goes with you know views, shares, impressions, engagements, everything. Uh, but just on the the surface level, and I think JP, you know more about social media and uh, social media type marketing contracts than either of us do. So I want to hear your opinion on this as well. But this does sort of seem like 
a type of deal and move that's not going to save the conference overnight. That's not going to uh, the the doomsday sayers are not. It's not going to keep them at bay or whatever. But it does seem like something that's fairly obvious that probably should have been done a while ago. That seems like something you can position to athletes of all sports and be like, hey, your highlights are your property. We have this deal in place with pretty much the most powerful social media platform at the moment, and it can put money of a small to fairly significant number in in your bank account and help get you exposure. So I think just we were talking about the Pac-12 needing to come up with ways to show that it's at least ahead of the curve off the field, in the boardroom with just innovative thoughts outside the box. So I'm just curious to hear your guys' thoughts off this, if this is makes you feel super optimistic, if this is a home run, or if it's just something that's nice to see that hopefully we see more of. This is an absolute home run. Absolutely a home run for the Pac-12 to partner with Twitter, power through open doors. Honestly, like you said, Terry, this should have been done sooner. What I love about this is that collegiate athletes are looking at NIL and they're thinking, how can I be enterprising here? Like, how do I take advantage of this? And right now there's really no go and do this, like be proactive and go do that. And you can take advantage of your name, image and likeness. Like there's no rubric, right? It's just like, I, you know, if you're popular or you have a good story, maybe some local business might come up to you and, you know, offer you a, a deal, right? There's that with, What's the one guy who like just had that air conditioning? Did you guys see that? He had that air conditioning deal, and his name was like, like oh, Decoldis, Decoldis, yeah. And so yeah. like, <laughs> that's awesome, right? And like that's great. Yeah. Like that would have never yeah. happened three years ago. And good, good right. on them, and good on him for going along with it. It's fun. Um, but like they, they came to him for that. They came to him to reference. <laughs> A very uh, well-known and well-talked-about video, but you came to me. <laughs> but like you know, I don't think he was hitting the phones, being like, "Hey, my name would be a great marketing ploy." He's, for he's calling business. at every HVAC company in like the Nebraska, Colorado, Kansas area. Yeah. But this gives them a chance to be enterprising in their own way. They chop up their own highlights. They share them. Their audience is what they've cultivated already through whatever popularity they have, whatever they're sharing outside of the athletics and just building their brand. But now they can tap into that brand that they have created and, and do it without any other anyone else kind of intervening. And you know, ad money's ad money. It's not. It's not gonna you know change your world, and like, unless you've got five million Twitter followers and you're putting it's, out a video a day, then it would. It's changed. Our, it's changed our lives. Thanks, anchor. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, but it's still like you said, Terry. It puts money in the bank account. They get to control that. Right. What I think is most exciting is that your highlights are your property, and I think that that is yeah. that yeah. that can that can stem a lot bigger than just sharing Twitter highlights. I mean, think right. YouTube, TikTok, etc. If that becomes the norm, there's a ton of opportunity out there. And I hope, I hope that the Pac-12 goes out there, Klaukov goes out there, and makes these exclusive deals for at least a certain amount of time, uh, and right. jumps on, across all these platforms. But Twitter is a great starting point. And I know we can't retroactively award people anything, like in terms of money or impressions or whatever, in an earlier time. But like, 
doesn't just make you sad for like Lyle Moivau, who should have made his nut off of that block on Grayson Gunheim in <laughs> 2007 on that end around. Yeah. Even though that ended up being like a six yard gain, it was still anytime a quarterback pancakes a defensive end, like Lyle would have gotten, you know, he would have at least got a little something, something off of that. And Benny, I know you're someone who loves to just react to dope, exciting plays that show up on Twitter. And that's, <laughs> That yeah. in like a bad way, but that's that also that's a how a lot of fans experience the game where it's like even today you and I were talking Premier League stuff, and you're like, oh shit, I didn't see that. We both looked on Twitter to try and find evidence of what yeah. we were talking about. For that's sure, kind of like the first thing we did. So like, Deshaun Fenwick truck sticks a linebacker, takes it to the house. Someone would be like, oh. Do you see these flowers for Fenwick? They'd be like, no. And then they go to Twitter first. And then that adds even like more views. And But no, but again, the key is he has to share that. So that's what I'm saying. They can sure. be enterprising uh, in that way. Yeah, they sure. can proactively yeah, they, they put it out be. there. They could comment. Right. Like imagine Fenwick being like, hell yeah, ran that dude's ass over. Right? Like then yeah. it's like, then it gets more viral, gets more eyeballs. And so there's, I mean, it, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change the conference. I think it's going to change the yeah. conference. I think uh, I think it's great as well, and I think that it's it's um, like the actual uh, uh, highlights uh, and the the athlete student athletes being able to to make money off of them. I think that's wonderful, but even more so than that, I think it's showing that the Pac-12 is is willing to think outside the box, which is something like this is something I don't think Larry Scott's Pac-12 would ever have even had a meeting no. about. Larry Scott's Pac-12 still doesn't know what its Twitter password is. Try <laughs> 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 password with a Z. Um, but I, I, I think that like the more I've thought about how the PAC 12 stays alive and makes it through this, like really, really uncertain time is, um, like there's not one thing that's going to fix it. And I think that's really important to think of is that if the PAC 12 is going to survive, it's going to be a lot of good ideas, not one great idea. And I think this is yep. sort of the foundation for, a really good idea uh, and and like jp said you, you can build on this specific idea but you can also build on the idea that hey like and if this doesn't work who cares it's like it's a two-door decision right, right? Yeah. Uh, you can back right out of it and and i think that's the sort of decisions that the pac-12 needs is they need to be able to be flexible and move quickly um and right. and this is that so I'm really glad to see that this is the direction that the Pac-12 is headed in. Um, and the more money that we can get in student-athletes' pockets, the better. There's literally no risk to ideas like this right now because it's not like uh, – like what, what, what's the worst that could happen is 40 years from now, people misremember history and be like, oh – yeah, they had that dumb Twitter idea, and then USC and UCLA left after that. And it's like, <laughs> you'll be like, no, they, they left before, and they were grasping at straws. But it's like, right. yeah, like you're you're literally nowhere else. See, so I don't see not, this, though, as a grasp at straws. I, honestly, I, I, I don't think it's grasping at straws either. But I don't, I don't think this is even reactionary. Worst, worst, worst. Good. This is why I think that. No, like, I don't think so either. George sat at the media day, and he honestly looked like a Everything dude. he does will be perceived as reactionary. Totally, of course. But yeah, but but you could tell he knew he had more up his sleeve, which is why I have a lot of faith in what's to come with the Pac-12 because he sat there and he did not look flustered. He did not answer, and if anything, yeah. he was on the counterattack. And so he looked pissed. Yes, he really did yeah. look pissed off. And so I think when he got blind, I think he was mostly pissed at the Big 12, but he was also very pissed at UCLA and USC. 
yeah blindsiding him as well and like but i think what happened is is like he's sitting there now and uh, out media day being like i have so many great things we're about to announce and they're gonna all be overshadowed by the fact that two of some of our, our biggest universities are leaving our conference and I, but, but I, to tie this back to what Benny said, he just now needs to take what he already probably had in motion and just stack all these micro wins up and just continue yeah. to keep going that direction. Just ignore the noise and just keep moving and showing that we are, we're making the right changes, that we're, we're being innovative, that we're at the forefront of some of this stuff as well. And I, I, that's, I, I think he's got all that up his sleeve. So that's why I do too. all that tied together yeah. to me, like it's, it's it's parallel timing and it's parallel bad timing for the Pac-12. And yeah, and I will for one say like I I didn't know much about Klyovkov, uh before this press conference really. I mean I knew the decisions he was making within the Pac-12, but not much beyond that. And um, I, I like really like him. I think that this is the exact type of person that we need running the conference because. Um, I, I mean, honestly, how easy would it have been for him to have just said like, oh, this is Larry Scott's problem and like try to keep the conference afloat, but always have that as a crutch that like, oh, this is Larry Scott's fault. Yeah. And people will remember it as that. But like he obviously it has invested himself emotionally in this smart guy uh, coming out with, you know, this this decision um among others but I, I think that that's what you want you want someone who's going to be innovative but also someone who's pissed off yeah like that's that's going to suit him really well yep totally agree for sure speaking of earth shattering i great ideas that just rock the soil of, you and i are on the same wavelength of, I was gonna go of pack 12 competition i don't have you guys been paying attention to uh what what Andre has been tweeting out on the belligerent beefs social? I had a busy weekend, but I caught it. Oh, they've right been before. sweet home. Yeah, there's some pretty historic news. Yeah, enlighten uh, in, me in the just over one year history of the belligerent beefs podcast and the belligerent beefs movement. We have officially signed the first ever belligerent beefs athlete. Woo! Yeah, and that athlete is none other than the indomitable. Ace in the hole, fantastic pitcher, college World Series participant, number thirty in your programs, number one in your hearts. Steph Curry wears number thirty because of her. He's said it. <laughs> Sarah Hendigas. Woo! Yes. Ooh, yeah. So silly. Yeah. Some rocket launcher noises, <laughs> JP. <laughs> some lasers. Some fireworks. Some. Um, Please play five seconds of Welcome to the Good Life by Kanye West. <laughs> Followed by five seconds of... Uh, Today was a good day. Ah. Today was a good day by Ice Cube. Today was a good day. <laughs> Followed by five seconds of Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Those three songs, those three songs, perfect. Sarah, welcome to the Bay. Officially a belligerent beef, officially a baby. I'm so excited about this. So excited to work with Sarah. 
we got the chance to um, have a have a Zoom with her and just talk about our ideas, bounce bounce things off of off of her. And um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of collaborative and awesome stuff that that comes through the pipe. And hopefully, we'll add another couple uh, athletes to the fray. Uh, just uh, Oregon State student athletes who we want to just bring as much uh, support and uh, promotion and love to um, as we can. That is why we started this podcast, after all. And uh, we're really excited to be taking that to the next level. And with a college World Series level athlete too, you know, we're we're the lucky ones here. So thank you, Sarah. Yeah. Uh, for giving us a shot. <laughs> um, we 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 won't fuck it up. We promise. We'll, we'll we're gonna do our, our our humble best. But yeah, Sarah Hendy guess belligerent beefs athlete so sick we're very excited oh, this yeah. is gonna be awesome yeah did, did you get when we got drunk on a zoom in april of 2021 did you guys <laughs> think we we're gonna be doing stuff like this in august of 2022 <laughs> like, i'm just kind of stoked about it we're wearing free shirts right now and talking about you know signing belligerent beefs athletes and shit this is this is dope i'm so excited i love you nail it though i think when you said like this is kind of what we set out to do we set out to do this yeah. a year and a half ago we didn't even know nil existed so to, to be able to <laughs> to tap into this kind of new market that benefits student athletes and say hey we we want you to be aligned with us so we can help you benefit from who you are and how like you play and the school you represent even more uh than than you could do without us and, and you know sarah was you know definitely down to to get involved and props to her for being the first to dive off the deep end as well because it's not easy yeah and that's that's a lot of courage uh to say let's go let's get after it because she's got ideas too it's not just us right. coming to her and being like we right. want to do this this and this with you she's like no 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 that i want to do this with you guys i need i'm, I'm gonna kind of use you guys to get to make this stuff happen and and we're totally down that's what that's what our platform's for use us student athletes <laughs> well it, ma it makes you wonder why why nil like why it took this long because it is no one loses in this right. everyone wins yeah uh, for for us you know we we get to be a little bit more creative and be able to use name image and likeness of uh, student athletes right yeah. that 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 want to partner with us and for student athletes it, it gets them hopefully a little bit more notoriety and um and oomph behind their name and it allows them to have a platform to be able to sell cool shit on and for uh, you the listener and and potential consumer of this it gives you guys access to more doper shit yep. like right. it's, it literally everyone benefits yeah. um so i'm i'm really excited to to dip our toes into this and hold uh, on I, I, and i, I just want to say money only them. changes hands one way here so it's really right. i mean it's, it's benefiting us because one way street well yeah but we love the fact that we the whole goal of this is to we want the, the student athletes, the students and, and the alumni, everyone to feel like Oregon State is special. So any yeah. way that we can have like this like compounding effect on that, we will do it. That's what we were trying to pursue. And NIL just uh, just opened up that opportunity to be able to do that with student athletes. Dude, we talked about this from like week one. We were like, are we ever going to have a student on the pod? And we were like, eh, that's a fine line. What does it mean? Are they going to get in trouble? Like we were really concerned about how do you interact with a student athlete given right. there's a lot of rules around the things they can can and cannot participate in and and NAL just opened 
opened everything up. It's just like and yeah. that the belligerent beeves recording on Zoom is a virtual bar, and uh, <laughs> there we have. There, there, <laughs> They're the same bouncer who works at the Peacock is just, there's no Zoom virtual code. He's just you go into one Zoom just with that dude who's guarding <laughs> at Peacock. I think his name is Marvin. Um, we could get we could sign an NIL deal with Marvin to get a custom made black vest for him. He was wearing a Pelicans hat the last time we were in Corvallis. I think JP oh, nice. said fuck the Pelicans, and he said you better you better walk that oh, yeah. back. Early. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Oh, you were talking. Okay, never mind. I'm sorry. I was thinking the bouncer at Marathon, not at Peacock. Oh yeah, he wore the black vest. But yeah, the guy at Peacock, right. where he Kenny, Kenny wore the black vest. At, yes. Yep. At no, no, the guy, yeah. the guy at Peacock. I told him, I said something about it. Do you want to hear a joke? And I said something like the Pelicans. I was like a stupid, <laughs> and he was like, you better, remember that. you better take that. He was back. like, he was like, I'm a, he was like, I'm a huge Pelicans fan. I've loved them my entire life. You better shut up. And you're like, oh my god, I'm sorry. Yeah, like, just let me in. A, <laughs> let me in a Peacock, please. <laughs> I mean, he was like five I'm years just, old. I need to get in this like, bar. He's like, I'm just kidding. I do love the Pelicans, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> yes, uh, exciting times. Yeah, there'll be more uh, more news on that to come. Yeah. But also, congratulations, Sarah, and also thank you, Sarah. And if you're not following Sarah Hendigas on Twitter and Instagram and all over the place, then get your fucking life together. Yeah, really. And yeah. also, that's kind of directed at me because I was trying to add exclamation points to uh, one, <laughs> one of one of the Twitter po- posts, and I accidentally <laughs> deleted the S in Sarah's last name. Yeah, like too many exclamation points, <laughs> so it just didn't tag her at all. And I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I've been waiting so long to announce her first NIL deal, <laughs> and I fucked it up. Uh, so apologies. We'll we'll be more together next time, Sarah. I promise. Um, <laughs> What are you guys drinking tonight? Holy shit. It's Sunday. Yeah. Sunday fun day. I was going to have – I had a nice double IPA on tap. And you finished uh, it? No, until – we've been talking for 37 minutes already. Until Benny <laughs> sent over the now viral Twitter thread from uh, listener B underscore chisel 17. They went through and assigned alcohol to every Pac-12. Oh, that, that one, yeah. Like a drink. Yeah, some we sort are, of alcoholic drink. We are uh, – The Oregon State We're a half. We're they, a half, They yeah. did us good. Yeah, that was a good choice. But the – I have it right here. So it's every Pac-12 school, if they were a drink, by a non, non-briary at B underscore chisel 17 on Twitter, the, uh, the Cal, the Cal Golden Bears, double IPA. The hipster choice, too obscure and trying too hard for their own good. Really a whole lot of posturing just to drink something that's painfully bitter and barely enjoyable. (laughs) JP, is that your normal double IPA drinking experience? (laughs) I I was like second guessing myself. You're just posturing? Yeah, I was like, Ed, do I like this? I guess. I mean, I definitely do. Don't get me wrong. I definitely do. But did I, or do I, because I like kind of forced myself to, or have I always? And I don't know. I don't know the answer right. to that because I also transitioned from like a, a coarse light to to an IPA for the first time, and then an IPA was good, and it was like, can I get more alcohol in this beer? And they're like, yes, it's called a double IPA, and I was like, right, I'll drink ten of those right now, put them on the bar, <laughs> and so. I don't know. I that's not my experience 
However, I was feeling a little self-conscious when I, when I put the double IPA back in the fridge. And I went with something that has a good, worthy cause. So no one can be mad about it or talk <laughs> bad about it. Nice. This is the, uh, the Big Cat Golden Pilsner. By Urban Chestnut Brewing Company, based, I believe they're Ooh, in St. In Louis. St. Louis, yes. yeah, I've been, I've been to that tap room before. And this is to this. Uh, all I love of, Urban Chestnut. Their proceeds go back to uh, the St. Louis Zoo. Oh, nice. That's a dope zoo too. Yeah. Shout out St. Louis. What was the name of the club that we went yeah, to in I've never St. Been Louis? To St. Louis. Uh, Boca. Boca. Bo- I knew you. would R- remember that. All right, Club Boca's been been gone for for many years. Now, I know. R.I.P. In in our spirit, it it lives. Why on. were you guys in St. Louis for uh, Supreme Pi- Chapter? Pi- oh Pi- God! <laughs> I wasn't allowed. To, I wasn't allowed that, to go to those things. That's that's <laughs> got a that's a Benny's bonus belligerence. We can't talk about this on the episode. That's right. Oh my god, too many people will get dragged if we go into details on the St. <laughs> Louis Chronicles. <laughs> that was a good time. That was a good time. But yeah, um, I've so my brother-in-law is from St. Louis, which is why I've been to Urban Chestnut. I did not go there. <laughs> During PiCat mid-year 14 years ago. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Urban Chestnut, that it's a, I believe it's in the uh, the Grove neighborhood of St. Louis, which is just a dope neighborhood. And I've been to that zoo, too, and it's a sweet zoo. So shout out nice. to uh, shout out to my brother-in-law's family who's still in St. Louis. Nice. A, Get yourself a big cat pilsner. That's a city that will surprise yeah. you if you haven't spent a lot of time in St. Louis. St. Louis is a good time. I've spent zero mm. time, so I will be... Let's go. Let like next summer. Let's go when like the Cardinals are in St. Or when the (laughs) Giants are in St. Louis. The Cardinals are always in. Well, not always, but half the time they're in St. Louis. It's their home city. Let's go to like a Giants Cardinals game in St. Louis, and then we'll just Mm. and 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 that'd be that'd be so fun. We'll we'll get uh, S Jacks to come and show us around. Yeah, we'll hang out with. Yeah, we'll hang out with. Oh yeah, yeah. We can do all kinds of shit. Let's. Someone let's got start Steven doing... on speed dial, or are we gonna just have to let's go out this I the do. hard way? <laughs> yeah, introducing our second belligerent peeves athlete, Steven Jackson, who is on the pod now. Um... <laughs> <laughs> we should do that. Let's go to Let's go to St. Louis for a Giants Cardinals game next year. And I'm, I'm invite in, Steven I'm Jackson. And invite Steven yeah. Jackson. I'm, we have I'm in to. for all of this. He's gotta be like the uh, key back, to St. Louis. Backup like, is Steven my, Jackson, uh... Kurt Warner. Ozzy Smith, Tori Holt, Nelly, Nelly, maybe not Tori. Oh Holt. man, we can hang out with Steven Jackson and Nelly. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably under your eyes. They both <laughs> yeah. listen one to eye, the bro. broadcast. I one, don't know why you guys are, are acting like we like Nelly and Steven Jackson aren't part of our I know, audience. I know, but we we don't get to hang with both of them at the same time very often. Terry, I'm just excited about that opportunity that we have with our listeners. For sure, JP, please play five seconds of stomping in my Air Force Ones by the St. Lunatics. Mm. <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of five seconds in this episode. Oh man, that's, I gotta travel for work this week. That's four. Hey, that, that's whatever. Um, okay, so <laughs> more. Um, Betty, do you have anything to share for? Yeah, devices? yeah, I do. So, uh, for for our <laughs> listeners who were Pedialyte, light who... because I'm still recovering from <laughs> from COVID slash the hangover of death. <laughs> 
a nice warm water bottle that I've been working on for the last two days that probably has more COVID than H2O in it. Oh no. Um, oh no. For, for uh, those listeners that were curious as to uh, what B Chisel uh, put for Oregon State, uh, like uh, I think it was JP that said it, uh, it, it was a Hefeweizen. Uh, it says solid, a little hipster, very enjoyable and made best in a microbrewery in Oregon. A drink yeah. that is still working class, but is tasty enough to pair perfectly with uh, tailgating food or a fancy meal. That is Oregon State. That we is can be Oregon fancy State. if we want to, but we we're, can um, we can be we're little little blue yeah. collar. And so we go places usually in tuxedo t-shirts so that we can be uh, be, be formal, but also here to party. Yeah, <laughs> as John C. Riley says so eloquently in Talladega Nights, the Ballad of Ricky Bob. <laughs> I, I, I love that. I, I, and also, I think the first Hefeweizen I was ever familiar with was the Widmer Brothers Hefeweizen, and they went to Oregon State. Yeah. Unlike several other brewers that we've falsely claimed went to Oregon State on this podcast. Yeah, no, they did. They actually did. This is why I love Oregon State, because most of that thread by uh, i'm not i'm no longer looking at it, but b chisel is essentially uh great mm -hmm. great thread, by the way everyone go follow it was but like <laughs> the oregon state one was far and away the most endearing post it was the nicest one by honest, a lot and part of that is like hey like we've had the roughest decade up until like the last like year or two in terms of football which is yeah. the most public facing sport so people are like oh like oregon state like I remember going to Corvallis in 2003 and like having a good time. I hope I hope those guys are doing okay. <laughs> so it's, it's shit like that, but also I'm just like I'm like I'm happy that like people generally think of Corvallis, Oregon, and the Beaver Fam in that kind of positive light. Yeah, I, we we are the Hefeweizen of your heart, and you can't spell chop them without hope. I recently heard someone describing an Oregon State fan, and I forget where I was. But they they pretty much just described you've been like in Minneapolis a or you've been in Minneapolis or your bed the last like nine days. I've <laughs> <laughs> been too many places. Maybe, maybe it was in a fever dream. Uh, but but they essentially just described a dude from Bend, like outdoorsy, <laughs> cargo like, shorts and a like a flannel button up. Like it, it was just a guy from Bend. So you, like, I'm kind okay of with that. You kind of want to hate him, but he's so helpful and has a kind smile. Like just exactly super nice. Kind of shit. Yeah. 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 Well, I have had this beer on the pod before, but I think it's been a while. And I think it goes into a little bit of what we're talking about, because we're going to talk about how bullish we are on this football team and some of the supreme confidence we have in some other Oregon State athletics in a second here. But it is the It Was All a Dream Juicy IPA from Headflyer Brewing Company. JP, please play five seconds of Juicy by the Notorious B.I.G. Oh, it was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. <laughs> Stop! I, I, I won't I won't I won't ask for another song for the rest of the pod, but I had to because even before this recording started and we had already asked four different songs from you. Um I was this was my beer for the night, JP. And also I have it was all a dream tattooed on my left arm, and this was the beer that I was drinking, so I was like, I'm only asking JP for this song, and that's it. But the whole cadence of this episode changed and it was out of my control because we all have equal control here 
We equal all have rights. equal parts, equal rights. Did, did you ever have a dream about getting a tattoo that said it was all a dream before you actually did? I think so. Because once uh, my, wow. rule, my, so rule, my rule generally is I have to think of it and then I have to sleep on it for a year. For a tattoo. You think about it every night for a year? No, I not, would be like, I hate this tattoo. Not, <laughs> I don't have to think about it for a year. I, ha I have to, like, every night for it. But it's just like, I... From the first moment I think of it, give it a year, and if you still want it, then get it. Because in the lifespan of a tattoo, a year isn't that long, guys. Man, um, I really, really wish that Elon Musk would just create a time machine so you could go back and tell 18-year-old Ben exactly what you said. <laughs> ben, I... I try to tell 19-year-old Ben these things. Hey, I love all of your tattoos. <laughs> I love one of them in particular, and I love it very much for you. I love it for you, and I yeah. I don't want it. That one, the we're, I think we're talking. Your sternum tattoo is probably the one we're talking about. That that one just feels like the one that would have hurt the most. It did hurt the sternum yeah. one. Okay, yeah, that one. I, I so, do. Which one were you thinking of, Benny? I feel like you were thinking. Of I a was one. thinking of my one on my arm. Which side of the arm? This one. Oh, this one. Yes. Yeah. No, that one. That one. We the grammatical error that was we, first we pointed out. This. Yeah, I was. We wrong. debunked it. It's not technically a grammatical error. It is acceptable both ways. Yeah, oh, but sorry. I don't, I don't I, remember I ruined your that. life for life 15 years to telling you that it you was not, You didn't know you that didn't. we debunked that? You didn't. You didn't. <laughs> Shout out Jimmy Glanville. Oh. He was the one who first pointed it out. <laughs> I mean, that is how you spell a cash register till, but it's also yes. you, you can do positive T-I-L and you can also do T-I-L-L. L-L. Okay. Language is fluid, dog. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Nice. I'm, I'm one yeah. of those cool. That makes me features. feel better. That makes me feel better. Yeah. Way better. Yeah. So now yeah. no tattoo removal. Just tattoo no. fun. No. Well, JP, yeah. I, I hope you actually did play Five Seconds of Juicy by Notorious B.I.G. I always do. Okay. That's what the, this podcast. Stop listening to this podcast and just listen to that song and then go have a good day. It'll be a way better use of your time. Um, we should we should move on, but also we should cheers. We should cheers first. Cheers! We're all back cheers. together again. We're back yeah. together again. Look, I have a pilsner glass for this. Have, you have big a cat pilsner glass. Yeah, I wasn't fucking around. Mm. Oh, that's fancy. Tastes delicious. Like, tastes like a leopard. Delicious, delicious. All right. Tastes like leopard conservation. Well, nice. for one more week, and JP, please hit me with our new ad read music if you can. This episode of the belligerent peace podcast is once again brought to you by our friends at home field home field the premium collegiate apparel brand out of indianapolis making incredibly comfortable and incredibly dope officially licensed drip with official college designs and they just launched the new brand new oregon state collection this saturday and we are so excited about it. Obviously, JP and I are both wearing our new shirts right now. And I'm not lying when I said I've been jealous of all of my friends who went to other schools who already had home field collection apparel because everything they make is so dope. It's so comfortable. But finally, finally, Beaver fan, that jealousy was extinguished because this Saturday was our time. What the fuck was that? Sorry, that was me. <laughs> Your tax bracket got fucked up because this Saturday, <laughs> Homefield launched the official 14-piece uh, Oregon State collection as week 12 of Homefield's Big Two Saturday series, a 14-week tour to Forest that highlighted Oregon State last week. 
Um, and I do believe Penn State is up next. I'm actually pretty excited about that. Yeah, I, I've, I've always loved Penn State shit. Um, and Except honestly, for, uh, well, that one, yeah, that that part. But I'm talking about monetary. the colors and the logo. I'm talking about the colors and the logo. Fuck. Anyway, and I stop, stop interrupting me during my ad read time. This is just <laughs> this just debunks that we record this beforehand. Anyway, <laughs> the whole 14-piece collection is Fuego and includes t-shirts, crewnecks, and hoodies that practically sing the great history of Oregon State University, the Harvard of the Pac-12, the Paris of the Pacific Northwest. And if you have not yet ordered from Home Field before, you can get 15% off your first purchase with promo code BELLIGERANTBEEFS at checkout. Stop looking at me like this. Hit up Home Field, y'all, and get some of this drip. Thank you, Home Field, for contacting us again and for the hard work you did in bringing this collection to life. It is spectacular, and we are so happy to see it in the world. Shout out, Home Field. Shout out, At Home Field Apparel on Twitter and Instagram, and follow them and throw all of your money at them. So can I just say one thing now that our ad reads are done and we've drops happen and this wasn't before the drop but i do have a bone to pick with home field and i hope they hear oh, this no. oh, i no. hope they hear this we're never gonna get hired as an influencer again why a 15 piece for penn state in a 14 piece collection for oregon Ooh. state <laughs> i did i my my mind did think that when i saw 15 piece for penn state i was like especially Ooh. since they don't they really get, have a logo they get they're just more. like they do they're just well they're a color yeah but yeah it's there's, just a color there's and a nit- gray there's is a, one like of them yeah. there's a nittany lions logo oh there, there's there's like a lion it's like a silhouette of a lion yeah it's probably an an homage to the 94 rose bowl when penn state beat oregon oh that's good that's, that's the 50 oh yeah and it is an oregon state piece <laughs> yeah they can throw it in the oregon state <laughs> collection and also <laughs> the belligerent beefs code for first-time purchases works for all collections so True. if you haven't ordered anything from the oregon state collection yet wait until saturday order all of your oregon state shit and then add that 1994 penn state rose bowl <laughs> win and uh yeah and it'll still apply i have browsed most of the collections on home field since in the last week and we we have significantly more pieces than than some other schools all their stuff's really sick and like you know i i just tell them, I, my family are beavers bruins wildcats battlestar galactica oh. <laughs> and battlestar galactica <laughs> Terry just inhaled all the oxygen in his apartment <laughs> laughing so hard. <laughs> Benny, that's the hardest you ever made me laugh. I thought you ran yeah. out of air. You sucked in so much air to, like, to make this laugh as large as you could. <laughs> oh my God. That shouldn't have been the... I wish I had my mug that says that. (laughs) Bears, Beeves, Bruins. Okay. Battlestar Galactic. (laughs) That's our next shirt. The the next mug on belligerentbeeves.com slash merch. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. Well, dude, we should do that. Mm, That's that's in the lab. That's in the lab. Beeves, Beers. Beeves, Beers, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Holy shit. We just did that. Influencer. Wow. Benny just did that. Good work. Oh Good work. Uh-huh. Anyways, I was just gonna say I looked at those collections too, and even though you know, fuck UCLA, uh, it they were they were also great. So 
you could use our code to just grab any bit of yeah. apparel that you like across, I don't know, by like 60 schools. I was hitting there. up all of my Gopher fan friends. I was like, y'all, if y'all haven't bought this shit yet, here's a code. It's 15% off. The University of Minnesota collection is great. And my favorite part about it, and I know it's a licensing issue, whatever, but they don't have an Oregon collection. So <laughs> eat shit, duck fans. <laughs> <laughs> and most duck yeah. fans are being really nice on twitter about this <laughs> i know like damn it i wish i could buy this stuff <laughs> duck Dude. fans follow us we're like i'm so happy for the Oregon state fans who get to enjoy this and i'm so jealous it's like oh we can't really respond with hey fuck you <laughs> people nice. that are like oregon state fans understand this more so than like anyone else because this goes back to, like, do you guys remember East Bay Magazine? Oh, of course I remember East Bay Magazine. I knew you guys would. I yeah. made East Bay Magazine. And you go and you go to the NCAA. The fan gear section, and you circle everything, and then you hand it to your mom and say, this is what I want for Christmas? <laughs> yes. Every but month they would have for 12 every, straight months. Yeah. And you every get none college, of it. <laughs> yeah. Every college except Oregon State. This is this is payback. Yeah, that's right. Take that, Oregon. Take that, yeah. East Bay. Home field. Home field's up here. Where's East Bay at now? East Bay's nowhere, man. They, they yeah. rode the Oregon wave to their demise. While home that's field right. jumped on the Oregon State bandwagon like a fucking <laughs> rocket ship to Mars. Oh. Just pri- <laughs> prioritize us enough to make us the like 83rd school right after Youngstown State. But yeah. anyway. Oh, I mean, they have, have they had Jim Trestle. But did you see the Youngstown State collection? The fucking it penguins? Sick. It was awesome. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna have like seven Youngstown State shirts in my closet just because it's so cool. Oh, my God. We need to talk about actual sports. Oh, um, man. Yeah, that's true. We, we need to talk about actual sports. Uh, we need to talk about football, um, and I know Benny's really excited about this. Benny, you shared this, uh, the Bill Orem Oregonian article uh, to our group chat. But that's right. Yeah, uh, we we are, we are now we are now four practices into fall camp. We we're recording this on Sunday night, August seventh, and the the team was off today, um, so there's uh, they'll be back on the practice field tomorrow. There's been no padded practices yet, so of course it's. Hard, hard to really read into much, but at le- the players are there. They're going through everything. They're doing interviews, so it's at least the most amount of content that we have to go off of. And Jaden Grant said that this is a team that can win the Pac-12 championship this year. Yeah. This yeah. year. Yeah. And the only thing I'm disappointed in about this, on behalf of my brethren in belligerent beaverdom, <laughs> on behalf of Benny, is that he said Pac-12 championship and not national championship. <laughs> I know. No, that's the full we hitch. But, and I know, so I, I want to, approaching this pragmatically, like fall camp, training camp in pro football, college football, guys are always confident. They're saying, like, oh, we have a great group of guys. Like, we're ready to go. It has been a long time since conference championship has been breathed out into the ether and taken yep. a shred of seriousness. And I'm so happy that Jaden Grant was the one quoted in that story. I know he's not the only one on that field that believes that. I think a lot of them believe it. And whether it happens or not, it's just great to hear that shit. And to even, like, I know I'm the wet blanket of this podcast, but also, like, I heard, I read that, and I was like, good. He should be fucking saying that. And they yeah. should do this. And, like, they, they have the pieces for that. And 
I've been a diehard Beaver fan like since 2006 and have looked at every single team we've had going into fall camp each of those years. And every piece you read this at, at this point is like Jonathan Smith's most talented roster, Jonathan Smith's most talented roster, year five of the Jonathan Smith rebuild. Da, 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 da. For Jaden Grant to come out and say, we can win the Pac-12 championship this year. Yeah. Means a lot. It's what you want to hear. And I want to know what you think about that. And I want to start with you, Benny. Yeah, I uh, I agree that um, that you you do hear stuff like this that come, comes out of camp. And I think for Jaden Grant, uh, it's uh, noteworthy that, that it was him for two reasons. Uh, one being that he is coming from from a position group uh, that I'm really excited about, that we've historically struggled in, um, that uh, he he's really going to be um, sort of the the leader of that position group with with the secondary, uh, and I think that this position group is what separates Oregon State away from a lot of the competition in the Pac-12 this year. Whereas before that was like our anchor, <laughs> specifically against USC last year. Um, uh, but, uh, the, the second reason is that he's, he is one of the leaders on the team, right? And so he has been through the whole process really under Jonathan Smith. Um, and I think he sees that everything really has been building to this year. And I would have been overly confident or very confident, I should say about Oregon state's prospects without some of the things that we've seen, uh, in, in fall camp, but um, like specifically Damian Martinez, right? Like he is going to be a, a, a huge uh, part of this team and an added weapon. Um, and I do think that if we go back and we look at one of, if not maybe the person that knows PAC 12, the best, uh, in since we've been doing the podcast, uh, with, uh, Fenley, I mean, you guys remember how much he was praising uh, yeah. Chance? Yeah. And and so I I really think that Chance has the potential to turn things around a lot this year. Uh, so anyways, I do agree with Jaden Grant. I'm glad that uh, this team isn't afraid to come out and say not vaguely what the goals are, but specifically this is where what our goals are. This is where we think we should be. Um, and I do think that it, 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 you can see the character of the team within that quote. And that's awesome. Absolutely. Any, any worry that now that the last five years, that expectation hasn't been on this team. Is there, is there any worry that that expectation becomes too much? JP, is that, is that something that you, you think about that this is the first time a team is is talking about a Pac-12 championship in August. No, I don't think so. I think they already dealt with that last year. I think that's what that's the bug that bit them last year was. It's a good point. The spotlight hit them, and they were like deer in the headlights. Right. And they didn't know how to carry the that momentum through the conclusion of the season, and I and really it it, it goes back to the chances play when that talk started of him being a dark horse Heisman and he was getting endorsements and he was getting interviews. I think he felt that pressure mm-hmm. and it didn't it, it he didn't work it out very well uh, obviously. I think he was jittery to make the wrong throw, to make the wrong read through the rest of the season and it, it bit the team. Um and now he wasn't the only thing that bit the team, but like I think that's just an example of what happened and and because of that I think they've they've lived it already. So I don't think that that kind of expectation is going to hinder them going into the season and honestly I don't think that they're they're the ones talking about this. And I know 
like the Pac-12 media put us at like fifth, finishing fifth in the Pac-12, when, which is very high, great for us. But yeah, like that's not first. Can, that's not first. So like they still have that chip. It's it's not first. So they, yeah. they should have it. But in terms of uh, out external expectations, that's the highest. And I, I, I don't have the preseason Pac-12 preseason polls in front of me of the last ten years. I would guess that's the highest it's been. Oh, for sure. In the last 10 years? At, absolutely. Yeah. Since, since at least 2010. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that, but it's still, that's, a still, that's still fifth, though. And what I mean yeah. is, like, these guys have already dealt with being totally disregarded, have risen to the top. They right. were they were in the driver's seat to last go year. up against Utah last year in the Pac-12 championship. They could yeah. have made it happen. And when they, when they realized that the destiny was in their control – and the people talking about what it meant to the program and the players and everything else and what the what the players would become because of their ride that they were on that was a big burden to carry and it, and, it, and it, they they didn't crumble but they slowed down and yep. i don't think that's going to happen this year i i completely agree and and i think one other thing to keep in mind number 1 Jonathan Smith has had success in coaching albeit not a head coach in a coordinator position he was on a, uh, some really successful Washington team so i think he knows how to handle it as a coach. He certainly knows how to handle it as a player. And, and I think that may be the key that uh, is going a little unspoken about is, is how similar this team is built um, just from like sort of a historic standpoint up to this point as the 2001 Fiesta Bowl team uh, where, I mean, the, the team didn't have a winning record for 27 or 28 straight years. Uh, they, they have a quick little turnaround, make two bowls, and then they're in the Fiesta uh, Bowl. And, and he, uh, Smith has surrounded himself with a lot of former players that were on that team, too. So if, I mean, you want to talk to the literal experts of how to handle uh, success in a place like Corvallis or specifically Corvallis. Um, they're the ones who you want to have around you. And they, they, they know exactly what it's like to be on the national um, radar uh, on a team in Corvallis. So, I mean, that's who I would want leading my team um, if, if that were to happen. So I, right. I have a question back to you guys then, because last year we were all, you know, happy go lucky pac 12 fans, right? Oregon state fans, pac 12 conference watchers. Now this year, the difference is, is the tides are changing and they're turning after the conclusion of this season. Really? Yeah. They're, they've, they've talked about, people have asked questions all over social media. Like, what does it mean? What if Oregon state won a national championship this year? What if? Right. That wouldn't save the Pac-12, and it probably still want to save them if the doomsdayers have their way. My yeah. question is, we talk about the players knowing how to handle the pressure or experiencing how to handle the pressure last year of being in the driver's seat to you know doing something and attaining something that no one had expected them to do. Mm -hmm. But my question is, if they are this year, it's not just the weight of denying the expectations, but also the weight of our entire the university's identity could be weighing on this, even if it's not right. going to ever fix anything. They have to think about that, right? I mean, like, do you think that's going to play a factor? I think it will play something of a factor. I, I, I and I, I think the pressure is on for the university to perform across <clears throat> departments and programs and sports and everything. I think the people who are probably more nervous <clears throat> than Jonathan Smith or Chance Nolan or anyone on this D line that's getting doubted. <laughs> is the president, the provost, uh, Scott Barnes in the athletic director's office. 
Um, it, I think it, I think it's going to be a very tense year f for them. And we talked about mm -hmm. how this last year, like having fourteen teams advance very far in like a postseason was was great. Um, and I think that's going to be another great thing if something like that happens again. But I will think there'll be a lot of eyes on. Okay, well, what does that do for the bottom line? Mm -hmm. And nothing against men's and women's rowing, but I, I, I think it's going to get discounted by the provost office. You know, if, if like, that's what's, I, I think we need, we had one of our best years of all around Oregon state athletics last year. And I think we need the exact same thing at year. a minimum and at a minimum yeah. and the football team is what brings in the most spotlight and money and voices. And even we, we try to be a podcast that doesn't just talk about football, but here we are, uh, 59 69 nice minutes in nice. this episode noise talking about football and it's, it's we all fucking love football and we want to see the football team do well and there is a chance here and i think jp you make an incredible point about going being five and two last year people are talking about after oregon state beat utah last year people were like oh could oregon state be ranked and yeah. i just sort of randomly i, I rewatched the extended highlights of that game and it's kind of crazy that like i don't think utah lost after that game until the rose bowl against ohio state and we obviously went on our at cal at colorado uh downturn fired uh coach tibisar had our um you know just ad adjustments then so that it's kind of crazy that we we beat Utah, yeah. not like by a lot, but we like outplayed Utah at home. They came to Corvallis and were like, "We're winning this fucking game." Well, and they had they had it in their hands too. I mean, they could have done that, right? So it's just it's kind of crazy, and so that's why I think what Jaden Grant is saying now, and uh, Omar Spates has said similar things. I love hearing this from fr from the defense. Uh, a lot of them are rocking orange hair too, and I think maybe we should all. Uh, dye our hair orange. Benny, you're pretty much already there. JP is already there. So uh, <laughs> I used to be there more. Yeah. I, yeah. Get on it, Terry. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm still fairly brunettish. Um, so I I could you know be be there with a, a quick stroke of the the paintbrush, but um, <laughs> just hearing this confidence oozing off of Jaden, who is like Jaden with COVID and eligibility. Jaden's been around this program six, seven years now. Mm -hmm. He's seen it. Like he was here before Smith was, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or got here right when Smith did, or maybe even a year. Jaden's not bullshitting us. Right. He's not blowing smoke. He's he's been on a one and eleven team. He knows how shitty a shitty football team looks like. And that's, I'm so excited. I'm excited for him. Uh, and that's, I'm like, I'm feeling myself just being a little nervous just because I am not equipped to deal with this shit. The last time this happened, I was a cub reporter for the barometer and Jordan Bishop looked me in the eyes and said, we're going to the Rose Bowl. And, I, and then we didn't go to the Rose Bowl that year. <laughs> <laughs> not saying that Jaden's jinxing us or whatever, but it's just like, this is a thing. I, at 5-2 and two last year, the team dealt with expectations that I don't think anyone had told them they would deal with at that point. Maybe even internally, they're like, fuck this, we got it, we're going to be fine. But then they got there. And I don't, we were in the locker room. We don't know what totally happened. They obviously played better when Trent Bray took over the defense in the, in, totally in charge. Right. But this is the first time in at least a decade that the word championship is being thrown out in the first few days of fall camp and no one's laughing at hearing it. Right. That's very exciting and very nerve wracking at the same time. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and to, to go back to JP's question on, could this change any of the trajectories for what happens at the conference or specifically Oregon state after uh, this year, if, if Oregon state exceeds expectations and let's, let's just say that they win the PAC 12 championship game. Right. <clears throat> and then they're due to, I, I don't know if they'd still play in the Rose bowl, but let's just play this game and go down play, this road. playoff baby. Okay. So if that happens, chance Nolan versus I, Bryce young bitch for the, <laughs> the right to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. That's right. So if if that happens, I don't think that you strong arm someone like, let's say, uh, the Big Ten into taking on Oregon State. Right. And I, I, I don't I don't think you, it does, because Oregon State at the end of the day is still not going to produce the piece of the pie that, that they're looking for. But yeah. I will say a couple of things would happen. Right. Like, number one, Oregon State, I think, instantly becomes uh, the sort of sweetheart story for um, the country. And, and you'd have a lot of people outside of Corvallis saying that Oregon state uh, you, you, you can't, you can't have Oregon state go to the mountain West uh, right after they had such a, a great year. The other thing that would happen is that uh, I don't know if you remember what the Fiesta Bowl stands looked like when we played Notre Dame, but it was very, very orange. Um, and Oregon state will travel. Well, if we make it to a January 1st bowl game, like Beaver nation will be there, especially if it's on the West coast. Yeah. Um, so then it goes without saying that we'll be there too. And you'll be invited to our party. Yeah. Beaver family. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, but just the point being is that like, I, I think that you would in a lot of ways show what the other conferences are sort of poo-pooing about Oregon State, and that's that their fan base isn't big. Yeah, we're not we're not uh, to the level of some of the schools in in the uh, Pac-12, but I do think that we have good showings when it matters when we have a good team. What I do, what so to that's a long way of saying I don't think that it would get us, um, it would push us up, but I do think that it would start sort of an argument right. nationwide of not allowing Oregon State to go to a, to a get pushed conference. Exactly. It would just be a, it would be a fuck you to the rest of the world, and that's yeah. what I want. I don't. But is that weight gonna be too heavy? Is that gonna be heavier? Than pushing past expectations and being in the driver's seat mm. to take the Pac-12 North because because those this scenario only exists if those circumstances happen again. If yeah. they happen again, they're in the driver's seat again, and like here we go again, Oregon State running the table, they're surprising right. everybody. But now there's a caveat like, and they could save their university oh, like. Geez. That's what I, I, that's my only concern is that part. Yeah. These student athletes should all have readily available access to mental health professionals if that is what is going to be put on them. And you're right. Like all it takes is for that conversation to spark up nationwide one time. And then that is a topic that will continue to come up. And dude, God bless these players. If, if that yeah. happens, that is a ton to put on these players. We've talked about this. The, the superhero is saving Oregon state university from the 2013. <laughs> <laughs> Stormetheus. Stormetheus is Stormetheus. Crichtonite. <laughs> Mach seven. Dr. Delete. <laughs> 
and Nightblinder. Mm, yeah, mm. Our dudes. So I, real quick, and I know we do need to move on here. Do you guys think it would be easier? Like, okay, what do you think would be easier if Oregon State was based in, let's say, like Portland, or oh the fact that they're in Corvallis? I thought we weren't gonna talk about this shit tonight. Um, <laughs> we're not. We're not. We're not saying we're not talking about it in, in a positive light. I know. So here's a thing. I I want. I do really want us to try and increase the footprint in Portland. I love that we're playing a game at Providence Park this year. I think that well, September seventeenth at five p.m. and the three bebes will be there, and we have to plan something before Tanner Tanner Ridge. We will all be just at Marathon the seventy-two hours beforehand. Yeah. So I think that is um, it. <laughs> Here's so Portland. It's it's interesting. I I know Portland is you know split in in ways of duck allegiance, beaver allegiance, and then it's it's also a major city. So people come to Portland from all over the world. Uh, it's a wonderful city. I still I still fucking love Portland. I think what Oregon State would be smart to do would be to increase its presence in Portland, starting with an annual football game, maybe a more dynamic store downtown. I haven't been to the Beaver store. Oh, it's I was closed. Downtown. It's closed now. It's okay. <clears throat> yeah. So, a dynamic <laughs> store. <laughs> so this is something, and um, so the the question of like if would it be easier if Oregon State was based in Portland? Is this not something that would ever happen at this point? So I don't even know as like a hypothetical what thinking about it does. But I I, I think we can learn a lot of lessons from like a school like like Louisville, which is a, a major city that has zero professional sports teams. And I know Portland has the Trailblazers and and the Timbers, but let let's be real. Uh, college football is is the money making thing here. You want to be you are gonna be a college football player. You have ambitions of going to the NFL. If Oregon State is a school that's in Corvallis but has an annual game in Portland and is also doing these other events in Portland, I always see these sort of town halls that are in Salem, Eugene, Bend, elsewhere. And I don't, I'm not saying don't do those events. This is more of an addition to than instead of. But make Portland a priority and give these college athletes the chance to be like, right, we're, you're going to have all these opportunities to do things in Portland which is a major city that is not an NFL city, which honestly is ripe for marketing because kind of like the way that like uh, marketing sports marketing sort of like looks on paper is it's like the, it's the NFL teams. And then it like sort of like trickles down of what people prioritize, you know, Anthony Edwards is the most fun professional athlete in any sport right now. If someone sneezes at the Vikings facility, all of our local media rushes over to the Vikings facility to cover that over Anthony Edwards. Like that's just the way shit works in America today. And I think you can use Portland as a, a gem in, in the Oregon state crown and try and just like centralize it a bit and be yeah. like, we're doing all this shit in Portland. And then for recruits who aren't based in Oregon, it's like, okay, like, yeah, Corvallis is hard to get to. Your son will play one game a year, at least in Portland, in the city with a major airport that you can fly directly into and fly directly out of, uh, 
and and have this opportunity in a, a beautiful downtown stadium. We can probably get pretty good opponents better than Montana State because a big thing like that has been many of the teams we've gotten our ass kicked in non-conference back when we were playing when we were not playing holy shit <laughs> back when we were just in college. But like you know, like like Penn State didn't come to Corvallis. Um, a lot of a lot of schools don't come to Corvallis. Right. It Michigan didn't come to Corvallis. Ohio State didn't come to Corvallis. Will those schools come to Portland? I don't know, but I think it's a bit easier of an ask for them to come to Portland than it is for them to come mm-hmm. to Corvallis. So, and I, I think as we're talking to the ACC with these like potential like big money uh, non-conference deals that like might be like sort of conference to conference type like a a conference merger that's not an actual conference merger an alliance I, you say you know i don't want to use that word but like say <laughs> say we say we got a contract with providence park to have a game there like like a five-year contract one be game smart. a year there be smart maybe have the spring game there every year there we go increase your portland footprint because portland is a city that offers opportunities and there is a way to do this and i don't know all of the ways i know that i'm rambling right now and i'm sorry but there is a way to capitalize on the college town atmosphere that corvallis provides with also the proximity to Portland, yes. that yes. a big city that is not conge- Portland is not conge- it's not a congested pro sports city. It's a giant metropolitan area with eyeballs for the taking. Yep, and we should be going after those eyeballs. Yes, yes, and no. Because here's I, I agree with you on most of what you're saying. I think that Oregon State should have some footprint in the city limits of Portland every year whether it's football or other sports, they're already kind of doing that. And I don't, here's what I, but here's here's the marketing angle for this. If your big draw is bringing Michigan to come West to play, to uh, to anyone like that, to play Oregon State in Portland, you are never going to sell Corvallis to anyone ever. That's just the way it is. You and won't you're be also missing out on fifteen thousand tickets. Yes, but like, so my point is, is you 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 do but, this, you do a you do a marketing strategy of this where you have to squint to see what's really happening. So you give them a teaser. You say, "Look how fun it is. Look how good Oregon State's program is. Look at the crowd. That gets that gives off a broader perception of whoa, that was a cool experience." Like. TV makes it look cool because the stadium's packed. It's in a unique stadium. It's in downtown Portland. It doesn't get a lot of high-quality football games. So now you tease that to the schools and say, yeah, you want to play us? Well, we're not going to do it in Portland. We're going to do it on our stadium. Because if you're going to sell if you're going to sell Ohio State to come west, Penn State to come west to play Ohio Portland, State's. Ohio State's never coming to Corvallis. Regardless, we could win the next ten but national they, championships. But if they come it. to Portland, they will never come to Corvallis. They, they are. They're never. already never coming to Corvallis. I don't. I don't know about that. I disagree because if we start winning, it could be an interesting matchup. I, I'm, uh, you don't want to be the final nail in the coffin. Like you don't want to be like the only I'm way we're getting any draw is if we play in Portland, and that's the only point I disagree with. Everything you just said before is you have to okay. be cognizant of the line. That you can't be like Portland is our only hope to to. I don't. To, I don't think it's the only hope. I I think. But it's, from outsiders, from insiders that we go, we love Corvallis. 
Honestly, I sure. love Corvallis more than Portland, and I live in Portland. But sure. but we cannot put all those eggs in that basket and say I'm not saying put every egg in the Portland basket. I'm not saying I'm we. Saying, I'm not saying you are either. But 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 we have to be. Don't ignore the basket. No, that's but they're right not there. though. I don't think they are. And I think they've they play, think, they play they baseball are. up here. They've done like soccer up here. They've done basketball up here. Beyond this and upcoming this upcoming season. I, I don't think they're ignoring it. I do think they should lean into it a little uh, yeah. bit more. But I have to say that they – I don't think they should start to get more, more marquee matches. I, I think you bring the Montana States. You bring the – you play UP in baseball. Like, you, you do those kinds of all nearly exhibition-esque games that still count towards your record. But you do those in Portland. Because if you're going to you know play a, a buy-in game in, in Corvallis, like, what, what's the point? You might as well increase your footprint then. I think that they're doing it uh, exactly what the way that they should be doing it this year. And I think both of you are sort of saying that where maybe you don't have the Ohio State come in, but you have like Montana State, right? We're super excited about it being yeah. any team. And, um, and I do think that if you make college football, it's an interesting thought, right? Like if you make college football accessible, to people in Portland, what does that do? Um, and I don't know the answer to that. And I don't think that anybody really does, but Eugene and Corvallis are just far enough outside of Portland that it really does make it only accessible to sort of a certain- that, Those communities. Identity. Right, right, exactly. And so, um, yeah, the, I mean, again, it's like the, the decision that the Pac-12 just made. If this shit doesn't work, back out of it like it's whatever um but uh, i i like the fact that they're trying it i think it's uh unique and and opens up a very potentially big potential yep potentially very big potential i actually like that yeah potentially very big potential 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 (laughs) it's better than actual potential i was potentially thinking as i said that that i was potentially using the word potential too many times my only it's like I don't think playing Michigan and Portland looks like a concession at all. If you look at the first three weeks of college football, teams are playing in neutral sites fucking everywhere. I don't think the PR optics are bad that you're playing anyone in Portland. And we obviously were cutting the timbers and what the owner, whatever ownership group of the stadium in on tickets. But those are tickets we would never fucking move because Michigan's never coming to Corvallis. Wisconsin hated coming to Corvallis, and Wisconsin trashed us to the rest of the Big Ten. So <laughs> Minnesota comes, of course, because Minnesota's just down. It's a very, it's a, it's like Oregon State. We're just down for the good time, whatever. Ohio State's never coming to Reeser. I, I will, I would, if there's something I have to put money on, and if I'm wrong, then just donate. No, every, you, no, you every might be, you might be right, but my point is that we can't, we can't just like be like resigning to the fact that the only way we're going to play those games no. is if it's played in Portland, because there are fans in Corvallis in that area that deserve those games too. So the question would be like, would you rather have Oregon State play consecutively for 10 years, one game, preseason game in Portland that like was one not Montana State? Or, some, or, sometimes it's massive and sometimes it's small, but in Portland every year. Yeah, okay. All right, that's and that's what I agree it, with you on. It would be easier to get the big fish every few years yeah. to play in Portland than in Corvallis. If you could make it happen, I think that would be awesome. And it doesn't, really you, can cool. st- you can still try and have a non-conference game in Corvallis. 
you'll still have like one or two other non-conference games per year yeah. in Corvallis. You're not eliminating playing at Reeser. It's just we we do need to be pragmatic. We need to give these kids a very creative and innovative approach to building their brand, building their potential, and unlocking opportunities for their future. And I think there's this massive, incredible city an hour north of us that has one NBA team and one MLS team. Yeah, and, and I think Oregon's brand is becoming tired for the taking. Yeah, and most people in Portland aren't. Most people in Portland of a certain age aren't from the state so it's not like oh there'll be a beaver die hard but you can still bring people in and those people spend money and those people still interact in like those communities and care and buy merch and invest if like if you got a job in lawrence kansas tomorrow you would be like oh fuck yeah that can like, happen at playing montana state though that's my point is you don't need to sell out to get those fans because it's a, it's a novelty of a football game it's not selling out it's not selling out but you, don't, you don't need to go that far that's all i was saying was you don't need to go that right. far i don't i think that having a montana state or playing literally anybody that's not a, a major power five program in portland will draw I'm those saying. casual fans you don't need to go the full bore and be like, good, now we've set precedent. You'll never come to Corvallis because the only way you're coming here is... It's not setting precedent. So yes, many of those teams didn't come to Corvallis. No, it's not. LSU, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. You're talking about in the those, past, those... man. I'm talking about going forward. Yeah, in the past, they didn't come to Corvallis. Yeah, so going forward, why are we going to set the bar that only be you come over here if you play in Portland? That's my only point. I think we're all saying the same thing. We are, yes. Terry's just been rambling. <laughs> Moving on to shout outs. Yeah, actually let's do that. Let's do shout outs. <laughs> yes. We don't we don't need to spend any more time on this. <laughs> Laura Berg announces three <laughs> <laughs> Oh my fucking God. Oregon State softball. The greatest program on the planet. Hey, do you guys think Oregon State softball should play in Portland? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I actually do. I think they should play a, game, or a series up here. It'd be great. They should move all the games. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Shut the fuck up. Shut the Three fuck out. Shut, shut the fuck out. I wasn't even trying to fight JP, Benny. He came to me. I did. This all time right. I did. For, for real this time. For real this time. Switching gears to Oregon State softball. Olympian and all-around baller head coach Laura Berg announces three big-time exciting transfers to the Oregon State softball program. We are picking up catcher Abby Dorr from the University of Alabama, who Oregon State football will be playing at Providence Park this time next year. Um, midfielder Carson Sabe from Florida State and pitcher slash uh, first base Chloe Moffitt from the College of San Mateo, JP. CSM, College Ooh. of Sarah Men. No she's not a Sarah is... man, but uh, yeah, good go to her. Yeah, well, Sarah, yeah, because only dudes go to Sarah. But anyway, um, very exciting shit for the Oregon State uh, softball program. I I saw like the credentials and stats and everything. I'm like, holy shit! Like, it lo like looks like 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 these these girls can play. I didn't realize Abby Dorr was like a huge player. Yeah. On Alabama's College World Series team last yeah. year. 
It's like a massive pickup. Yeah, it's great. And for, to bring on to a young team, too, like that's obviously poised to make another run back to OKC. These are big, big pickups. And there, I have that personal anecdote with Chloe Moffitt, where my brother-in-law, who uh, coaches football for the local high school in Half Moon Bay, California, where Chloe is from, actually oh. coaches her younger brother who is a quarterback at the school so whoa yes so there's a tie there so i'm i'm rooting hard for chloe i'm excited she's on board she's part of the beaver fam i can't wait to see what she does on the diamond that's awesome. your brother-in-law a duck fan though yeah okay so is he is he recruiting chloe's i didn't marry him play quarterback for the (laughs) well you essentially did no well despite the uh duck fan uh brother-in-law adjacency welcome chloe and welcome carson and welcome abby um that's that's exciting as hell and of course you know we we are now officially are, are we softball boosters not really we're just a softball well we are the scoreboarders because of us partners yeah yeah. Well, yeah we had we gave that donation and then the kelly field scoreboard got announced the and next then day we signed, yeah. and then we signed uh sarah hendigas as a belligerent piece athlete, yeah. so put put it all together beaver fam you portland diamond project is really a plan for belligerent beavs to build their own softball stadium in portland God <laughs> <For me. damn. laughs> Uh, moving all softball games to Portland. Just kidding. Who who do you think of when you hear the word booster? Because the the there's like a specific Bro, I'm a, person. I'm that a comes dad. I think of booster seats. That's all I think about. Okay, I don't. <laughs> uh, I think I think of Buddy Garrity from Friday Night Lights. Is he like a 45 year old guy that lives in an well, oversized he's... house in Atlanta? I feel like that's no. that's <laughs> what. Have you? Have, that is the person not... that comes to my head. Have you not watched Friday Night Lights? Uh, probably have the show. The show, dude. I am telling you, I take in a lot of information during the day, and then what I go about to sleep Varsity Blues? All Did you watch that Vars- movie? Yeah, yeah, I watched Varsity Blues. Yeah, okay. her favorite movie is Varsity Blues. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if I had a nickel for every time you'd throw out a reference from a movie that I didn't understand, I'd be so rich. <laughs> it's. Mean Girls, where they're doing the re- like, how cool is Regina George? Oh like, yeah, okay. Every everyone's saying like cool things about her. Like one time she punched me in the face. Like, <laughs> like she's made out with John Stamos. It's like on and on and on. And then one ghost goes, her favorite movie is Varsity Blues. <laughs> <laughs> Varsity Blues is a cut. Yeah, I love that movie. So good, dude. You want to? You want want me to age us? I walked in. I snuck in that movie because I couldn't get in. I wasn't old. Old enough. Of course, it came out when we were like six. Dude, it came out in 1999. <laughs> I was old enough to see it, and instead I bought oh, tickets okay. to Bicentennial Man. Rest in peace, Robin Williams. Oh. And <laughs> snuck in Varsity Blues. I literally have not thought of the movie Bicentennial Man since Bicentennial Man came out until you just mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so when... No, Varsity Blues came out. I was 11. You guys were like 35 years old. Yeah. I was still not allowed you in the movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> what was the first movie you snuck into, Terry? Dude, I remember trying to sneak into How High, the Method, oh, with yeah. method yeah. Man. But we, we bought tickets to A Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe. And they caught us sneaking, trying to sneak into How High so that they made us go to A Beautiful Mind, which is basically the same kind of movie. 
Yeah. <laughs> hey, they're both great movies in their own way. Yeah. As a 10-year-old or 11-year-old, so I, I literally I sat through all of A Beautiful Mind with the expectation that I would be sitting through How High. So <laughs> I, just, I, no, I think I was 12. I think I was 12. It came out 2001, yeah. I remember no, so I was okay. So I was thirteen, and I remember like, hey, I'll have one ticket to how high, and the ticket person was just like, "Are you seventeen?" And I was like, "No," and like, "Okay," and I was like, "All right," then I guess I'll get one to a beautiful mind. <laughs> and they're like, "Okay," <laughs> but you know where I'm headed. You know so, what theater I'm walking. You know, By the way, where, where's how high and playing? Then, <laughs> and then the, the three of us just walk straight to how high, and of course, there's a dude waiting for us. Did you have a camelback filled with whiskey in on oh as well? No, I was, thir- I was 13. I was 13. I had not drank. I had not had al- my lips Loser. Had not tasted alcohol. Good, good on. on you, Terry. This is why you're the healthier I one was, of us. <laughs> but yes, I did not I did not see how high that day. I saw a beautiful Damn. mind. Um that's okay. mine was another ransom. Ooh, that's a ransom is a disturbing movie. You well, I didn't really sneak ass? in. No, my my friend's parents took me. To, oh, to that's it. not really sneaking sneak in. in. Yeah, that's not but sneaking I, in. It was I was in a movie theater that I wasn't supposed to be in. Well, wow. Oh, you just weren't supposed to be in there. I mean, I don't think so. But did your parents, or I guess you did could. Your friends, yeah, your parents, 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 parents adults were there. You're good. Yeah. yeah, my dad took me to see He Got Game when I was ten because we thought it was about basketball. Bro, my dad rented Dangerous Minds for me when I was like eight Ooh. years old. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I don't know what the rest of the soundtrack was like, but that one Coolio Gangster's Paradise yeah. song was yeah. I JP, was please play five seconds of Gangster's Paradise. God damn. You have to play five seconds of, play uh, ten seconds of Gangster's Paradise. Oh no Okay, I will Yeah, because it was about the high school that I was supposed to go to if I went public school. I don't know Hell how yeah. well you would have done at that school. <laughs> I think you've been. I I think you would have done great. I think public school is better than private school in every single situation, especially in college, because Oregon State is a public school, and and it's a great how public we, institution. How, how did we get on? Cases paradise. I don't know. You know what? Let's wrap it up. You know what? Soccer. We, we started soccer talking about movies. Soccer, soccer opened their week. Oregon State season soccer. Women's soccer won a game. <laughs> Oregon State women's soccer beats Trinity Western in an exhibition of four to one, braced by McKenna Martinez. And we just, uh, they gave up a goal in the fourth. We scored right away and they gave up a goal in the fourth minute. But then after that, it was. All beeves, all the way. Dope. Frenzy Boom at Paul dynamite. Boom goes the dynamite. I was trying to find some highlights on Twitter. There's not many. But no, there is, I know. They're probably all waiting until they get paid for it. <laughs> Bye, all. See, we put our segments together. Good job, Benny. <laughs> Benny is throwing us under the bus on our own shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, Oregon State Women's Soccer won 4-1. I do want to steer listeners to, if anyone is still fucking listening, <laughs> August 12th, August 12th at Paul Lorenz Field, there's a men's and women's uh, exhibition doubleheader uh, starting yeah. in the afternoon, going nice. in the evening. Get get your nice. ass out to Paul Lorenz Field. It's going to be a frenzy at Paul Lorenzi. Get your fucking beef up shirts or get your 
fucking life together. Um, a Friday support- night frenzy. Ooh, Friday night frenzy. Uh, Friday night frenzy at Paul Lorenzi. Where else would you rather be? I I can't think of anywhere. No, me neither. I'll be in I'll be in Hillsboro, Wisconsin, doing a fantasy football draft. So I won't be there. The men are playing Corbin. I know the men are playing Corbin. That's at two p.m. two p.m. Pacific time at Paul Lorenz Field. And then following that thrilling matchup, the women will be playing Seattle at five p.m. I drove Corbin by Corbin. Sounds today. like the name of some. Oh, oh, it's it's in. How about Corbin? how about both? It, how about both of you just keep talking at the same time? I was gonna say Corbin sounds like the name of somebody who definitely tattletales on you. It, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's a that little neighborhood kid who tells all the parents yeah, everything you've done. Right. Every every one else's parents too. Uh, no, I drove by Corbin, <laughs> Corbin University today. It used to be Corbin College. I had a uh, English teacher in high school. I can't remember his name now. Mr. Stark. And he went to Corbin College, and he was always, like, super down about Corbin College in, in the Bay Area. And nice. uh, there, you know, Corbin now university is in Salem and it's like mm. it shares a border with the state correctional facility. So if you're ever in the area for one or the other, check out the other one, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> whoa yeah. that would be a crazy uh on-campus experience campus life is nuts in corbin i bet <laughs> right it could be worse has, has corbin college <laughs> always been in salem yeah i think so yeah it's always been in salem where else would it have been it, okay. it didn't pick up and move the way you talked about it made it seem like are like you what? thinking of concordia concordia was by me in no. northeast portland now it's gone yeah there's, oh, there's a million. No, gone, there's a yeah. million. There's a million Concordias. No, this Concordia University's gone. Yeah. Good. So I took it's now. It's now. Camp. It's now an, uh, a University of Oregon like teachers campus. That's better than being a con- affiliated with Concordia. That's the most no, University of Oregon thing ever to yes, have their yes, teachers campus in Portland. Yes, yeah. See, look at them increasing their Portland footprint. Before we, <laughs> do the teachers live in Portland? I don't know. It's like uh, it's what? a teachers college, dude. No. <laughs> Next, next time on the Belligerent Abuse Podcast. You can't spell <laughs> chop them without hope. God damn it. <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Thank you, Homefield. <laughs> Listen to us next time on whatever. Five stars, but really we don't deserve five. Maybe four. Give us four, but definitely five. Oh, I cannot handle this. Um, yeah, it's it's time for us to get out here. Um, sorry for limping to the finish line. Limping? This Sports are starting soon, guys. Thanks yeah. for bearing with Sprinting. us. This was a sprint where we tripped over our own feet literally at the tape, at the ticker tape. That was it. Terry, right. don't be so hard on yourself. It's like we were trying to save Oregon State in one season. Let's just take a, a beat, a breath of silence. A beat breath? Look up. Everything that, everything that happened tonight happened. It's nothing we can do. I'm not I'm not ashamed. Thank you, Beaver Fan, for rocking with us for this fifty-eighth episode of the Belligerent Beavs Podcast. <laughs> On August seventh, two thousand twenty-two. We love you so much. Congratulations to Oregon State women's soccer on starting the uh, preseason in a victorious 4-1 fashion, especially McKenna Martinez on her brace two goals in the four to one victory. Um, and thank you, especially to our friends at home field for including us in this incredible launch collection, everything uh, over the last week. It's been very exciting. We love our shirts. 
Uh, we're so happy that the Beaver Fam is being recognized, and uh, for everyone um, who has not yet visited Homefield Apparel, go and do that right now. And if you haven't ordered from Homefield before, uh, promo code Belligerent Beeves will get you fifteen, fifteen, a sexy fifteen percent mm. off on your first home field order my name is terry horstman at terry horstman on twitter at terrence horstman on the instagram glad you finally said it the way that we all think it i've said it that way before don't <laughs> have you I, every time i see your name i always think your full name i always think of it in uh in a british accent it's not in my full. head my name's not terrence just a lesser terry horstman got to instagram before i did on my oh. my birth certificate says Cherry. Yeah, but just because your parents went back and after Terrence and Philip came out, they were like, "We can't have people saying Terrence, you farted in court." Terrence. <laughs> JP, I'm the trail J. You want me to close myself? Shut out up! Here? Shut your fucking face, Uncle Fucker. <laughs> Showing me as always is Benjamin Lawrence Sebastian. <laughs> we hedge. Benny, say hi. Hey, Benny Scoops, Benny with the good quaff at Benny L 1986 on the social media channels. And of course, JP Bertram at the underscore trio underscore J on Twitter. The trio J, he's too trio to be real, doing like 17 different five seconds requests for, for this episode. And at <laughs> JP Bertram on Instagram. Thank you for listening to this. T- I, I we weren't unhinged the whole time. We were unhinged like thirty seven percent of the time. I think we we had some good conversation. We'll have to listen to it back. We do film session, you know, the same way Jonathan Smith and his team they go back and they look at everything they did and try and get better. We do the same shit. We have we we have belligerent beef film sessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Film we sit down. We're like we're like film JP. Fetishes. You fu- you fucked up this segment. And JP says no. You fucked up that segment. And then we try and fight each other. But then we realize we're like two thousand miles apart and we're on Zoom and we don't. We just like punch our computers. Ever play? Ever placed like three IMAX? So many, so many, so many broken monitors because of these film sessions. We need to stop doing them. Maybe we will. Um, and. <laughs> Our friends at Homefield, our friends at Seam Headed, give them your business. Please, please, please. And also rate and review Belligerent Peeves. Five stars and five stars only on Apple, Spotify, or wherever it is you get your podcast. And beyond that, as we get closer to fall and football season, Beaver fam and everyone all over the world, remember, remember, no matter how hard you try, you cannot spell chop them without hope. Chop them! Chop them! Chop them! Bring back Bernice!